0: Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by New York Lottery. Thanks for joining us once again. I'm Paul Totino. He is Super Bowl champion, part of Jeff Fegels. And we are here to talk Giants football for the next hour. Our phone number is 973-667-1960. Or you can find us on Twitter at hashtag Giants Chat. You can also find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network. Brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. Once again, our phone number is 973-667-1960. We only have one line during this early portion of the offseason, so please be patient as you try to dial in. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Mr. Dottino. It is a, a slow week around these parts. Not a mm-hmm. lot of uh, Giants-related news coming down the pike, but I will in a couple of moments ask you about some offbeat giants team awards that i kind of concocted on my own uh, the other oh day uh, yeah oh mr, mr. Schmelk and mr meadow uh went over offensive and defensive mvps i don't know if you did that with john the other day did you no i did not no okay well i, I can get those from you then just so you can have your uh, votes on the record and uh and but before we get to those and i think those will be very interesting i did want to just touch on one thing that did occur over the weekend and the Super Wildcard Weekend featured back-to-back triple headers mm-hmm. on Saturday and Sunday of NFL playoff football. Now, the only other time anything like this has ever happened in the National Football League was back during the '82 season, which had the the, uh, the labor situation, and they wound up having to mush everybody together in each conference, and they allowed eight playoff teams in each mm-hmm. conference to get in, and so you had four games in each conference on that first opening playoff weekend as they tried to squeeze everything in. Remember, they only played nine regular season games that year, Jeff. So yep. my my question to you, and this surprised me, I put out a poll on my Twitter asking the fans what what their reaction was to it. And I gave the following. I, I don't know. Did you get a chance to see it or, or no? I didn't know. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, here's here's what I what I asked the folks. I wanted to know what they thought of it in terms of is it something you'd like to see more of? Did you like the playoff format? Uh, is it something you didn't care for? You know, I really wanted to get the fans' take on it. And here's here's what came out of it. Eighty three point two percent of the people in my poll were in favor of the super wild card triple header weekend, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool because, quite honestly, I loved it. Did you think it was going to be lower than that? Well, I wasn't sure. Hmm. But here's here's what blows my mind, Jeff. And and let me, first of all, give you the final results. Yes, it's the way to go is eighty three point two percent. No, I prefer the old way, which gives you two buys in each conference and you have double headers on wild card weekend, 8.6%. Makes no difference was 5.8%. And great, let more teams in was 2.4%. Now, you know, I don't necessarily know that we need four games on Saturday and four games on Sunday. I was good with three on each day, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I watched all of the triple header action on both days, even though Sunday's games got a little bit out of hand. But before you react to that, well, maybe I should let you react to that first and then tell you what the real ratings were because they were – they were very, very unique in terms of what I saw. Now, go ahead. What's your reaction, first of all, to the vote?
1: Well, I, I feel like it, it's just – I think it's fine. I think it's good. I don't think there needs to be any more than what they had as far as the, the extra teams in the wild card um, right. in the playoffs. When you look at it, it's just an extension of the season. you got a 1 o'clock. you got a 4 o'clock. you got an 8 o'clock, right, on a normal Sunday. Right. Now you got a Thursday and a Monday in there. But, you know, on a regular Sunday afternoon – and into the early evening, that's your normal, uh, your lineup for football. So I think it's probably overwhelmingly why it's successful is because it's just an extension of the season, even though now this is the playoff season. Um, I, I enjoyed it because I got to watch football and I'm, I'm OK with it. So it doesn't surprise me that that number is, is that high.
0: Okay, so you're good with allowing seven teams in each conference to get into the postseason, and only the number one seed gets the buys.
1: Yeah, I like that. You want to go
0: forward with that, Mm -hmm. and so do I, and and I did enjoy – the, the, the back-to-back. And I'll tell you, what,
1: one of the one of the reasons why I like it for two reasons, actually two reasons. Number one is it, like I said, it's an extension of the regular season. You got the three games. Okay, that's great. Yep. Um, but you're getting back-to-back days, Saturday and Sunday. So that's just, that's even extended play. Um, the other thing is, is that it really makes you earn that buy. Being the one in the AFC and the one in the NFC, that is remarkable when, it, when you can achieve that. Because that's deservingly you know what I'm saying? If there's only one, you deserved it. And that's going to help you out because you get a little bit of rest and everybody needs rest at the end of the season. So I think it it's really – I like that a lot. I really do. You've really earned your weekend off in that sense.
0: And I agree with you. I think mm-hmm. that really does reward the team that gets the top seed. It's a, definitely a perk. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. Now, the, the skeptic or the critic on that side of it will say, oh okay well you got a seventh seat like the chicago bears got in and boy that game turned out to be a dud now we know the only below 500 team in the playoffs this year was washington at seven and nine mm-hmm. but they won a division title so you're not going to be able to do anything about that division winners have to be able to get in but the question is does a poor seventh seed, which the Bears turned out to be, but even though, you know, they had a good enough record to get in. Let's not make any mistake mm-hmm. about that. Their record was, was you know, not not at all uh, a shame at 8-8. Eight eight. I mean, there have been 500 teams that have gotten in before, but the critic will say they were the seventh seed, although on the other side, you know, the Colts were the seven, and they, you know, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, they, they They did really well. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, yeah, what, I, How do you feel about the week, the week seven seed? Does that bother you at all? No, it doesn't. And I will tell you why.
1: Because you don't have to watch it,
0: <laughs> you know.
1: But I'll tell you what. Who's going to be watching that? The diehard football fan and also the fans of that team. So you know, if you don't want to watch the one o'clock game where you got the seven seed playing the uh, number two guy, then don't watch it. That's fine, you know. But it's it's it makes a. I think it's just I I think that. There's nothing else going on for us football fans. I know that a lot of people, you know, John included, basketball guys. I'm not a basketball guy, so I could care less if there's basketball on or not. I want to watch football. Um, So I'm going to be okay with it. But But there might be the other, you know, the guys that say, you know what, I don't want to watch that game. It's just going to be boring. Well, then don't
0: watch it. Don't watch it then. All right. Well, we agree. We're we're on the same page here totally. And, by the way, for you football lovers who continue to want to watch football and not just the NFL variety, but if you're interested – Uh, The Senior Bowl is on January 30th on NFL Network at 2.30 in the afternoon Eastern Time. That game is going to be played. It's one of two All-Star games, the two major uh, of the major All-Star games that will be played. The Hula Bowl is also going to be played. That's going to be full of prospects as well on January 31st on CBS Sports Network. Kickoff is 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And so uh, that's that's also something to keep an eye on, Paul. Did if, you get a Did you get a chance
1: to read a little bit about the, what they're doing at the Senior Bowl this year as far as his protocols at all? I have not gone through. Oh, okay, it. just go and go and read it. It's it's pretty impressive. Well, why did, why did, why did hey? As long as we brought it up, well, I, I, I have I'll, time. I'll, Give me well, a minute. I'm not going to go totally into it, but obviously you understand that the you know there's going to be somewhat of a bubble there for the players. Um, I know that the Senior Bowl. Purchased $12,000 in plexiglass for, you know, to put up these partitions for interviews and things like that. Um, each player is going to get their own room where there are normally two people in it. Um, so there's going to be a lot of stuff that goes on there that normally doesn't, but they had to do that because the Senior Bowl felt that it was imperative, number one, to keep the players and the people that are there safe, but also right. they needed to have you know, that avenue to have a game like that because I think it's imperative for the players and for the National Football League um, to be able to to scout these guys. So there is a lot. Go online. You can check it out and, and really go. And it goes in depth about some of the things that they will be doing this year to keep everybody safe.
0: Well, it is good, at least from a football perspective. And again, we could talk about you know, the safety issues and the society issues all we want. I'm going to keep it for the purposes of this conversation, just a football. I am glad that there are still going to be two all-star games for the college prospects who are trying to get into the NFL and and obviously help their draft status. Uh, I am pleased for them. I am pleased for the team's, that they will at least have something that they can chew on. Rick Suratella of the NFL Draft Bible is going to be on the NFL uh, Giants huddle that we do uh, every week here on the, uh, on the Giants website. John and I had a conversation with him. Just to preview that, Rick was explaining a lot of difficulties that the scouting staffs are having this year because they really don't know a lot about what is going to go on in terms of their access and their ability to uh, to get the information that they need. So these two all-star games are going to be a big deal for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that they're going to continue uh, to go on. New York Lottery presents a Big Blue Kickoff Live. It's uh, They introduced Money Dots, a new game from the New York Lottery, where you can play for your chance to win money on the dot. Please play responsibly. Okay. I was waiting, the other... I was
1: waiting for the day I was on the show when you were going to announce that commercial. <laughs>
0: Okay. This <laughs> um, has, has a ring to it, Dots. Before dots. we get to the phone calls and then maybe some of these awards, there was a, a, an interesting tweet that came in to me, and uh, I don't mind telling you right off the bat that it kind of took me off guard, but I'm going to read it to you anyway and get some reaction. We, we haven't been getting a lot of uh, tweets and reactions to those as people have been trying to call in, but, again, with only one line, it is an opportunity for you to still be in touch with us. Uh, Ahmad Nesbite says it would be nice to explore a trade with the Texans. He wants to send Daniel Jones and a second-round pick to Houston for Deshaun Watson. Then he says in the first round he wants to draft Florida tight end Kyle Pitts and then trade tight end Evan Agram and a third-round pick to the Cleveland Browns and reacquire wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., now, I I think he's had a little too much leftover eggnog <laughs> and probably a little too much leftover New Year's Eve champagne. But I just thought it was worth a reaction from you, Jeff. Well, Daniel
1: Jones in a third round pick is not going to get to Sean Jackson. Uh, 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 Jones in a two, he was suggesting. Uh, not just for, for, uh, for Watson. 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 And yeah. a two, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's going to have to be probably two number ones in there i don't I mean, think the giants would make that deal anyway to be frank with well, you, well if it's just for conversational purposes it's it, if they're gonna make that deal then it's it you gotta have to you're gonna mortgage the future for that one there's no way you know as far as the second part of that <laughs> i don't think anybody wants any part first of all i don't think that you know evan ingram you're no they A third rounder for Evan Ingram would be a pretty good trade for, you know, both teams if they could get. I just don't think that Evan Ingram's stock is that high at this point.
0: I really don't. And and quite frankly, never mind any of the other uh, ancillary reasons, Odell Mm -hmm. Beckham Jr. at the moment is coming off of a serious injury. Yeah. And so, quite honestly, if the Browns tried to deal him to anybody in the league, I do think that they would have some difficulty doing so.
1: Pretty interesting that the Browns have gone as far as they have without him. Um, that's kind of a, uh, an interesting topic, uh, that one that we won't get into here. But I feel it's just very interesting. It's water cooler talk, that's for sure. I'm, uh, I'm interested to hear, would be interested to hear from a lot of other people about that and how they thought about that. So,
0: I also wanted to throw out one other item here, mm-hmm. which uh, appeared on my Twitter earlier today before we got to uh, our Giants conversation. And it involves the one and only number 53, Harry Carson. Uh, captain for life, as we know him, uh, around the Giants. Uh, Harry is going to be uh, picking up the Thurman Munson Captain Award at the annual Thurman Munson Awards on February 2nd in New York City. Uh, as you know, the Thurman Munson Foundation, uh, which, uh, you know, his, his wife, the late Giants, uh, late Yankees catcher and captain, had passed away in that horrible plane wreck some years ago. And subsequent to that, Uh, His wife and family put together a a charitable foundation, and they they do these annual awards for outstanding New York sports figures in trying to raise money for their causes. And this year, the particular Thurman Munson Captain Award is going to Harry Carson, and I just wanted to make mention of that. And, of course, you can go to uh, the Thurman Munson Awards uh, website as well if you wanted further information and details on what they do and maybe even trying to attend the dinner. But I wanted to mention it because Harry Carson is one of my all-time favorite people. And, my goodness, I don't know if, if you went to any dictionary, any dictionary, and looked up the word captain. If you don't find Harry Carson's picture, then there's something wrong with that, that dictionary because well, nobody... that guy epitomizes the word captain.
1: Nobody's going to a dictionary anymore. They're just going online and, and All right, just type guy. his name in there. Well, so, you, but his, you're right. his but photo's going to pull, pull up on the screen, okay? You got that right. You just type in Harry Carson and boom. And, uh, you know, everything comes up in every dictionary there is online. Great guy, great human being, wonderful person. Um, did I ever tell you the story how, how Harry really won up me one time when we were doing uh, one of the MSG shows uh, years ago? Okay. Um, uh, this was when I first started with the Giants broadcast team. We were doing the uh, pregame shows at this facility. It was myself. Um, I think it was, uh, who was it there? It was Carl. No, I'm sorry. It was Bob Papa, myself, um, Harry Carson, and I can't remember who the other one was. But anyway, so we uh, went to break. I had my Super Bowl ring on, and Harry was sitting to the right of me. And I have my Super Bowl ring on, and Harry says to me, and during the break he taps, he taps me on the shoulder and says, Hey, Jeff. And you know how he talks? Hey, Jeff. That's right. a really, really nice ring you got there. And I go, Well, thank you, Harry. He goes, But you want to know something? It's not as nice as this one. And he showed me his Hall of Fame ring. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, talk, talk about this talk about setting me up. I mean, yeah, it was but, hilarious. You know? Jeff. Those uh, of us who have
0: an understanding of this game know that, that you should have one of those.
1: Well, well, maybe one day if I do, then I can, I can use that whole same scenario with somebody else. But talk about pumping me up and then just bringing me way down. Uh, thanks wow. a lot, Harry. You know, I was just like, oh, thanks, Harry. Yeah, that is a nice ring. You're right. You deserve it. But wonderful guy. Great, great person. You got to
0: give him your size because that Hall of Fame ring comes yeah. with a jacket, too.
1: So the other thing I found about Harry is that him and I are big do-it-yourselfers around the house, you know? So we use... uh, I don't know exactly what town Harry lives in, but I know he lives up up in Bergen County. Right. And we uh, supposedly use the same Taylor rental place when we go to rent tools. And every time I'm coming in there, they'll say, the guy says, to me, hey, you know, Harry was in here last week renting <laughs> some stuff. So <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Anyways, but I, I love Harry. Uh, great person, wonderful to be around, great stories. And what a what a his captain for life with the Giants—that's for sure.
0: Oh, and Maribel, his wife, is one of the nicest people I yes, want to meet. Too. Great family. They're great, great folks. So, congratulations to Harry Carson for that upcoming uh, Munson Captain Award. I wanted to get that stuff uh, up done up top, and now before we quickly get to the phone calls, uh, I just want to get your offensive and defensive MVP for the Giants this season, mm-hmm. and then we will open up the phone lines. <clears throat> I have a couple of other like kind of creative awards that we'll talk about during the program. But offensively and defensively, I'd like to know who you would have taken for the Giants this year. I went with Daniel Jones and Blake Martinez. Uh, There was some debate amongst Lance and John about those guys. In fact, John, if you want to chime in here and and, Mm. uh, kind of refresh my memory as to who you guys took, but those were the two that I had originally put down. Both,
2: Both Lance and I selected Bradbury on defense, and both of us selected Goleman on offense, and I believe I Leonard Williams is my two, and Blake was my number three.
0: I didn't pick twos and threes, but go ahead, Jeff. What do you think? Well,
1: I'm going to go against all. I'm going to go away from all of you guys. Um, first of all, I don't. I don't think Daniel Jones, in my opinion, was deservingly of MVP status. Um, I just don't. I think he got better, Paul. But um, I, I think that uh, a guy that was thrown into a position that I thought played very well, um, who. Who really I think is going to have a great future at the position, and I'm going to give, I'm going to give it to Nick Gates. I mean, I, I thought he played extremely well. He took on a, a position he's never played before, um, and as the season went along, he went well. I will give you one one I guess one A would be Wayne Gallman for me. So those two guys offensively, um, defensively, it's uh, Leonard Williams for me, uh, a guy that you know came it came out here this year on a franchise tag. Basically, it was a show me something year for him, and he did it. Uh, he just blew all of his numbers outside and that he's ever done, and I think that he deserved that. That for me, that he's by far the MVP for him. Uh, Blake Martinez is another guy, in Bradbury. All three of those, by the way, those those guys are all those guys were all Gettleman guys that he went out and found and brought them to the Giants as free agents, um, so or trades. And I think all three of them are deservingly. So I give it to Leonard Williams. Those are my right. those are my
0: two. I don't think there'd be any argument that Graham Gano would be the special teams MVP.
1: Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I think that he has a, you know, he, he was really, really good this year. Had a little problems <laughs> with his extra points, but as far There's as, two this, of them, you, right? as field goals go, uh, it was two or three. Um, but I mean, field goals, I think he has, well, he hasn't missed one. So he's still on the consecutive uh, streak. So that was another great off season acquisition by uh, Dave Gettleman. So I think that, you know, Riley Dixon had a down year. He's going to have to rebound back next year. I mean, I don't know what happened in the prior two years. He's done really well. This year, you know, his directional kicking went kind of, you know, a little bit off the charts, and you know, it wasn't where it was supposed to be. But he'll get back. He'll give
0: out. 30 in a row uh, in terms of 30 uh, that's in a row. team record. That's, that's impressive. Team record for Gano. He did miss uh, one that was longer than 50. And mm-hmm. so for his season, he was at a uh, career high. Thirty-one out of thirty-two field goals for ninety-six point nine percent, and he was twenty-one out of twenty-three on point so after So he did attempts. miss two, yeah, yeah. So it is thirty-three years old, by the way. And you know these kickers, my goodness, they they can be extremely effective into their late thirties, even forty years old. Some of these guys are booming it really well. Well, you know we've talked about that, and him also, by the way, him coming
1: off of an injury was yes. incredible. Yes, broken um, leg. But- but I will tell you that sometimes, you know, those injuries, guys coming off of injury with the training regimen that they go through, uh, they actually get stronger because they're, that's not normally what they're doing, if you right. know what I mean. <laughs> they're not training that hard as a kicker or a punter. But um, guys in that, that age category, they've got it mentally. As long as they can stay with it physically, then they can play for, you know, a good four or five more years because a good kicker, uh, once you have it mentally and you can stay in shape, and not, you know, have injuries and stuff, that's not a problem. And, and you know, now a lot, a lot of times these days the punters are kicking off. Um, so, you know, a guy like Graham he all, all he's got to do is kick field goals. And if he doesn't have to kick off, that's even better.
0: All right, let's get to the phone call. Let's go. Because we know some people want to dial us sure. up at 973-667-1960. Julian from Pennsylvania, you are first on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello.
3: Hey guys, how you doing? I just want to start off by saying a thank you to all of you guys at Boots the Five, John Lance, and Paul for doing this during this time. I'm a long time listener, it's a second time calling. I called right before all this stuff happened, so I'm just thankful for you guys. And sure. Let you know. Well, we're
0: thankful for your guys' interest, trust me. Hope you're well.
3: Oh, uh, I am, so I hope you guys are well too. I listen all the time, but I just want to talk about um, the defense, and uh, a lot of people I know are talking about offense in first round, but I actually want to talk about some mid-round picks, some third, fourth round picks, which you guys to think. Um, I'm actually thinking about um, an inside linebacker in that position to try to uh, get some real talent in there in the middle of the defense because I think we are, we have a lot of nice pieces in the front line, the defensive line, and also in the, the back seven. But I think in the middle of the defense, missing some real talent. Like, I like Tate take Crowder, but, you know, it is what it is with him. I, I like to see someone like a real talent underneath like Martinez to get, you know, because he's not going to be ground forever. and He's getting a little older. So I just want to hear what you guys think simply about a couple guys. Um, One is uh, Sabian Collins from from Tulsa. Another one is um, the the linebacker from uh, Alabama, Dylan Moses. And the third one is uh, Shaz Durant from North Carolina.
0: Well, the only thing I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I mean, literally, I have done razor-thin preliminary conversation about the draft. I am not there yet. I usually don't start getting there until right about the end of January. So I'm not there yet, and especially not into the third and fourth rounds. So once I do, I'll do my annual minimum 125, usually 150 players or so that I will do some film work on. And, and I'll talk to a lot of people and some of the people around the league who I know. And, and then I'll give you everything that I got. But right now, that's just too premature for me. Uh, I would only add that, you know, I understand, you know, your, your desire for a linebacker. Um, I think we all believe that the edge rusher, the the, the wide receiver one, and the CB2 are the primary three needs that the Giants have. Where they go to get them remains to be seen. Free agency comes first. And then if you want to add depth at some of the other positions, once you get to the third, fourth, and fifth rounds, I don't necessarily have a problem with that.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you one thing. I, I was I was very impressed with, with Tate Crowder. I think that you know, for a guy that was Mr. Irrelevant, if you will, I think that he stepped in and played uh, some good football. and And if you hear uh, Blake Martinez talk about him, um, one of the smartest football players he's played next to. Well, both those guys are fairly intelligent, and so I think that they have a good a good combination there. But you know, behind those guys, uh, Devonte Downs, uh, you know, he's I don't know if he's a guy Mayo that's going to be back. You know, so. Uh, but I agree with you maybe building some depth, like Paul said, at that linebacker position. But Crowder's here to stay. You know, He's a guy that was drafted, and I think the Giants are really high on him.
3: Oh, yeah, of course. I, I'm not saying we get rid of him. I'm going to say I think we need some more talent sure. in that position. Yeah, I agree not, with you. Anybody, yeah. we, but, we
0: didn't get but... to see anything out of T.J. Brunson this year. And I'll be honest, yes. I have absolutely no clue what he can bring to the table yeah. at this level. We know what he was coming out of school and the Giants thought enough of his skill set to, to draft him, but he never really got a chance this year at all. Yeah, special now, team snaps, that's all he No, really strong, he didn't. You know? So with another year of tutelage, can Brunson earn some defensive snaps? Maybe he could surprise you. Yeah, maybe he moves into what Devontae Downs was this
1: year.
3: Anything else, Julian? Uh, Yes, that's what I'll leave. One more thing before I get off the here. My first round picks, I'm not really big on wide receivers. I think we can get somebody in the free agency if we have the money we can make that happen. So I'm looking at defense. I'm looking at the edge. I'm looking at Rousseau. I'm looking at Certain at the first round pick. Uh, I'll take it off the air. Thank you, guys.
0: Okay, thanks so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rousseau, an edge rusher from Miami. You know him well, Jeff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He opted out this year, though. Yeah,
1: that's okay. There's a lot of, there are some other guys that have opted out this year that yeah. I think is really not gonna affect them. Um I, I think that there's guys that still I think the only thing that will affect these guys that opted out will be if they if there is no combine, okay, and are they going to opt into the senior bowls? That's a good question, right? I mean, are those guys because they opted out of the season, are they now gonna opt out of those those things too? So I don't know. No. I don't think they would opt out of the of the
0: of the combine if they do Probably have it. not. No.
1: No, probably so. not.
0: Sertain, of course, the uh, Alabama uh, corner, who uh, is sure to be a, a first-round pick. Remember him? His dad. Yeah, well, I know. I mean, and, and they're actually—it's amazing. I think I already saw three or four potential first-round picks that are sons of guys who played in the league. That's so. Great. I mean, there's always there's always a, a bunch of them at some point in the draft. But I think there are a few high ones this year. That's great. So, it's gonna, yeah, it's going to be kind of cool. And hey,
2: Paul, and real quick, I yeah. know the fam brought up sign of receiver and free agency. We don't know how many of these top-wide receivers are going to get franchise tagged. No, you're I mean, right. I Galladay can, Allen Robinson can. Who knows mm-hmm. who's going to be left? You know how it goes. The free you know. agency class looks great until people start putting tags on guys, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, no one's left. Yeah. No, that
1: it's happened last true. year with the edge rushers, remember? It's like, oh, okay, they're there. There's no more.
0: And, of course, uh, I hate to, to throw cold water on Julian's parade there, but the bottom line is the Giants do need to make – Make an effort to re-sign Williams and Tomlinson, and to do that may not leave enough of numbers for a big-time free-agent wide receiver. So that you have to consider as well. I did. Uh, I did want to say one other thing, Jeff. And I, I kind of let this go before before we get to our next caller, Keith. I know you were on hold. Uh, I did want to give the facts off of Super Wildcard Weekend. Viewership was way down, Jeff. And that was the one thing that I wanted to add to our conversation before. This really, really blew me away. Uh, the the data said that the wild card weekend viewership was down 22 percent compared wow. to last year's wild card weekend. Paul, you yeah. know why that probably is, by the way? And I
2: apologize for interrupting again. No. I, They're actually saying that sports watching across the board is All events yeah. is down because people want to watch sports with other people and friends. Yeah. So since people can't get together as much, they just viewership is, is down. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just take and that with a grain of salt. That, I no, guess.
1: That, that makes complete sense. So let's just say take 20 of that 10% of that 20. You know, this probably in that category, John. So maybe collectively, if we were in a normal world, that maybe it still would have been down maybe 10%. But well, I the just NFL's
0: th- regular season numbers were down 7%. Okay. So that gives you an indication of what yeah. John's talking about. Sure. There's but then Wild Card 10. Weekend was down 22%. And that, that did surprise me. See, because my take on all of this is, and maybe it's because I work, you know, in the NFL circles, but my feeling was, man, I couldn't wait for any games to get back on TV because that was like the water to to, to my desert, you know? And I couldn't wait to watch games. And to me, that's the most attractive magnetic thing that I could possibly find during the pandemic. I mean, I had my hero sandwiches uh, uh, for lunch on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday night, I grilled uh, uh, some George Foreman grilled chicken with with some potatoes, right, and a salad. And then on Sunday night, I had the pasta going. So, you got to get I yourself mean, an air fryer. Oh, no, you know, I don't know, Jeff. I've heard positives and negatives on that sucker. What do you yeah, think? Yeah. You like it?
1: Yeah, my dad got me one for Christmas. My kids love it.
2: We actually just got an air fryer, Jeff. We have not yeah. tried I using agree. it with uh, – my, my, my wife fried some green beans with it. We have okay. not tried it on any yeah, chicken yet, yeah. but, I, I, but I look forward to trying it.
1: No, and here's the thing. It's quick. It's fast, and they're, and it's good. And, you know, they're somewhat healthy. Well, I think
0: the heavyweight champion of the kitchen is the George Foreman Grill. Now, if you're (laughs) going to tell me that the Air Fryer is a top contender, (laughs) I guess I'll buy that. No, it's the next up-and-coming contender. Absolutely. But, you know, you can't take the belt off of the George Foreman Grill. Well,
1: you know, let me ask you a question. You guys may or may not know the answer to this, but I know that for me, like the 1 o'clock game on both days – um, I wasn't tied into being at home watching those. I, I was able to watch it on the app on my on my phone. So does that include the viewership stats as the digital uh, part of it? or is it just... I, do,
0: I don't think it had anything to do with the phone, but it did have to do with the multiple platforms because, as you know, the, uh, some of the games okay. were on several channels in different formats. Yeah. Uh, so that was, you know, which, that was which, all Which, by include... the way,
1: to me is unbelievable because, you know, typically on a Sunday all the three of us are working. And we don't have the ability to just to, to be out in the public and doing what we're doing and still watching football. Right. Well, the other day, Saturday, um, I actually was in the city on Saturday, um, and I was able to just put the phone on and watch the, the game. I was just like, this is amazing. You know, I mean, it's just it's the world we live in today is, you know, you can you can be anywhere and, and watch a football game, which is just is unreal to you me. You know
0: what's funny, Jeff? For a <laughs> non-techie like me, and, and, and John can testify to this, Whenever we'd be on the road with the Giants doing those road games, mm-hmm. I was always getting the other NFL games on my phone, either on the on the plane or in the bus, uh, whatever the case may be. Hey, hey, sometimes Paul, I was Paul, watching to, the Knicks on my phone.
2: Paul, just to let you know, um, Keith hung up. We have the FBI in the line for you if you want to talk to him. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know where you're going with this one. I would just keep your mouth shut, to Tino. <laughs> oh, it's just it's
0: fun. It's fun to watch those games. All right, Giants fans, get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to two hundred and fifty dollars when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com/giants. Member FDIC. And the Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab tests through Quest Direct. To get the health answers you need most. And Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by the New York Lottery, introducing Money Dots, a new game from the New York Lottery. I have nothing to do with it. Where you play for your chance to win money on the dot, please play responsibly. We go back to our phone lines at 973 667 1960. Keith in Cranford, New Jersey, you're next on the show. Hello.
4: Hey, how are you doing, guys? Very well. How are How are you? I appreciate what you guys do, and I appreciate your expertise.
0: Thank you
4: and uh, no I, I look forward every day to trying to listen to you guys.
0: Well thanks for sticking with us.
4: okay, I'm gonna stick with you guys man. I'm a giant fan to the <laughs> I helped build that first stadium and I helped build the second one too man.
0: There you Good. go. nice.
4: So I've been around for a while I've been a big fan. Um, but what I'd say is uh, as far as uh, I think the two best players offense offensive defense, uh, Bradbury he was the most consistent throughout the whole season. And he really did a great job. And then I think Nick Gates was the most consistent on the offense. Mm-hmm. So I think those are my two choices. Very good. Uh, as far as uh, I know, I'm probably being a dead horse here, but Efren Egrin, um, I, I, I want to see him next season. I want to give him a chance. I think he can, if he does the concentration and he does a lot of drills, I think he can be one of the best. in in the league you know but I mean until he stops those drops um, he has to be able to get turned around get ready for the ball more quickly get his hands in position Mm -hmm. and uh, if he does those things and concentrates on the ball I think he he can be one of the best so um, but uh, other than that as far as draft choices yet I'm not ready for him either (laughs) so um, but uh, no, I'd like to see it things that we need, you know, wide receivers. I want to see more on offense, more weapons. Um, and, you know, I want to see, uh you know, everybody get healthy and, and stay healthy too. Same thing sure. with all you guys.
0: Sounds okay? good, Keith.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, nice I, you will, I will agree with you there. I, you know, as far as Evan Ingram goes, I, I, I feel like um, that he makes a good point, and that's – you know, we know about the talent, Paul. We understand all about that. Yeah. It's something that, that, you know, maybe a coach or, or I don't know what, who, what it is that can identify the problem because you've seen it, and we've talked about this. How many times have we seen Evan Ingram's hands go up for a catch and the ball hits him in the face mask? Or how many times, you know, the, the drops? So to me, there's something, there's something there that has to be identified, and then you have to fix it. And so, is it is it mental exercises? Is it drills that you do with a football? What is it? Um, and until we can identify that, I don't you know, it's it's hard to tell if he's going to get any better. But I think if he did improve on those types of those that type of skill and puts it all together, then that's the Evan Ingram that we all would love to see, a very consistent one that you know has a couple drops in in the season. Everybody's going to have those, but you know that all of a sudden now the guy's catching everything and. And he's got the talent, and he's got the speed, and he's got the, you know, all of it. All the intangibles are there. I'd love to see that. So, yeah, and it's just, uh, it's incredible because the the guy can, can, he's a good player, but just, you know, yeah. very inconsistent.
0: Well, you know, the economics always come into every decision that you make with Again. your roster. And we've talked about this, that, you know, he is outside the top 15 earners on the cap amongst mm-hmm. tight ends mm-hmm. going into the 2021 20, season. And if you're going to try to get somebody with experience who is going to have more production on their resume than Ingram, it's going to cost you a lot more than what his salary cap number is. That's right. Now, on the other side of that, if you are so frustrated, and we've never actually addressed this, if you are so frustrated by his inconsistencies and his lack of reaching his full potential that you decide, you know what, it doesn't matter we're going to start from scratch, we'll draft a rookie tight end, it'll just be another one of our huge holes that we have to fill, and we'll draft one, and that guy will come in with a rookie contract. Well, you would save money there because Ingram's contract cap number is six mil for 2021, and if they were to cut him, they would not be charged any dead money because it's all base salary. It's not bonus money. Mm-hmm. So, in effect, if the Giants were to trade or cut Ingram, they actually saved $7 million or $6 million on their cap from the get-go. But then you've got to deal with, well, how much is it going to cost to replace him? And do you either want to spend more money, more than six, to try to get a proven tight end, or do you wish to use a draft pick on a tight end? But, again, to do that, you're creating a huge need, which you then are going to have to fill up during the three days of the draft, and I don't necessarily know that you want to do that.
1: Yeah, something that they have to discuss going forward, and that'll be discussed very soon.
0: Hey, Paul, by the way, just a note, the CBA changed
2: the fifth-year option rule where that fifth-year option is now going to be fully guaranteed except, you know— He's grandfather, And not just for injury, but correct. Ingram's is the last draft class, in which case it is not. Just so fans—I know we've spoken about that before. Just so they understand, everyone after Ingram's draft class— so that's starting with Saquon's, if I'm not mistaken, right? That fifth-year option, once you pick it up, becomes guaranteed. So you would not be able to save money on those players if you decide to decline
0: that option after you pick it up. Right, because right. it's guaranteed. and up to this point, that has not been the case. Correct, yeah. right.
2: that's correct. Yes,
0: we go back to the phones 973-667-1960. Charlie in Portland, Maine. You're next on the show. Hello. Hey,
5: Paul. Hey, Jeff. Hello. Hey, what are you, what are you guys using these air fryers for? You you got to use the real organic olive oil, first press, cold press olive oil. It's good for your heart. It's good for health. You're missing that element, man. You gotta, you gotta continue that.
1: We still cook with other stuff with the oil. <laughs>
5: it's not,
1: they were not using the, uh, the air fryer for everything we eat, Charlie. So oh, okay. we got the olive oil in there for other stuff.
5: I'd like to see you put a lobster in that air fryer. <laughs> try that.
1: <laughs> well, hey, uh, but... <laughs> uh, we could try that too, I guess.
5: Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. I don't know how good hey, that um, would taste.
5: What I was gonna say about Ingram. Maybe maybe they have this. Maybe they have a jug machine that will teach Ingram just to drop the ball instead of deflecting it. That might be a start. If he just dropped the ball <laughs> instead of deflecting it, it might be a step forward. But, you know, like I said, I think Ingram should stay on the team. The guy has got talent. He's a Pro Bowl player. And he just needs to get on that jug machine every day and uh, get his hands straight or whatever he needs. I think it's vision. I just said it the other day. I think it's vision. I think he has a vision problem because when he misses balls, it's when the ball's coming at him and he and it's like he's surprised it's there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's usually the
0: higher throw, Charlie. I I will say this. Yeah. If you go back and look at the clips of the of the ones that he drops or deflects. The ball is usually either chest or or higher. It's never like yeah. it is stomach. It's always right. it's always the higher throws that he seems to have trouble with.
5: Right, exactly. I noticed that too. And it's and it's and you know, some of the ones that he's been thrown to, some of them are right at him, but some of them are always off his, you know, off his fingertips. I mean, it isn't like the ball is perfectly thrown. They're always like that one in Philadelphia. Yeah, he could have dove for it and he probably would have got it. But it was still, it was, you know, was on the other side of his fingertips. He would have had to make a great catch. And I remember he did make a great catch. Remember it was a couple of games later on the sure. right sideline. He I caught know. one. You, you know that one?
0: Yeah, yeah. I do. So, I mean, I,
5: you know, yeah. I, I I think
0: you're right that, you know, we've seen him have a lot of trouble with balls bouncing off his fingertips, more so than actually hitting the palm of his hands. Or even right. hitting him in the chest, uh, they right. may be chest high, but it's usually because it's coming off of his hands. He doesn't yes, body catch exactly. the ball, which is usually one of the things right. that they try to coach out of players.
5: Yeah, he's got to do that basket catch more so, often. You know, anyway, <laughs> like like Willie Mace. But anyway, hey, um, that, you know, that's really, really I got, I got to say. I, I mean, oh, about the uh, wild card games. Yeah, I enjoyed three games. I thought it was great. I'd love to see it again, you know. And and my worst nightmare would be having Tom Brady in the Super Bowl again. So I hope New Orleans can beat beat him this week because I don't want to see that. I think the best game I'd like to see is probably I'd like to see Kansas City and I'd like to see New Orleans, and I'd like to see them repeat. And my upset is going to be the Rams are going to beat the Packers in Green Bay. Okay, guys. Thanks, Charlie. Have a good weekend. Yep. Be well.
0: 973-667-1960 here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Let's go back to a couple of these awards that I was thinking about, uh, Jeff. Some of the Mm -hmm. oddball ones that I kind of made up are unofficial awards, if you will. I, I tried not. What I didn't want to do, I didn't want to duplicate anybody. So that's one of the reasons also that I went with the guys who I went with because I had an award for the most impactful player of the year, and that was Leonard Williams for me because I thought between his sacks, his quarterback hits, his pressures, I thought that he made more impact plays individually than anybody else. And so that's where I had Leonard Williams, and that's also why I gave Martinez uh, the defensive MVP. And I know we had a conversation with Lance and John the other day about, well, is impactful also mean most valuable? I guess we're splitting hairs here. I I was just thinking that the number of impact plays Williams made Kind of put him in a different category for me. Um, you may not, you may not have one, but I, well, I offered that to him. Going on that, I, w- I
1: would put Bradbury and Leonard Williams in those in that conversation. Both of them, right? You know, so, if, and if you want to split them up, either MVP or impactual, I think both of those guys are well deserving of either one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I look at a guy like Blake Martinez um, as I don't know if he made as many impactual plays as Bradbury or Williams did but he made a lot of them. <laughs> right. He made a lot of plays. And that's so, why I
0: went with him as my defensive yeah. MVP, so because I think, of his volume of plays. Yeah,
1: and I think those guys are all good choices. So I, I would have to, as far as impactual, I would say that probably Bradbury, to me, made more impactual plays, um, just because I think that you know the amount of uh, attempts that he had to defend were more than Leonard Williams had to, that was around the football. So I think he had more of an impact... Um, defensively in that matter, in my opinion, if that makes sense. I, I uh, think that, That's fine.
0: Yeah. So. All right. So now, uh, again, other guys who have been named, but I gave them different awards. My surprise player of the year was Tay Crowder, being that he was Mr. Irrelevant and gave them the kind of contributions that he did. I mean, he was sixth on the team in tackles and obviously had that recovered fumble run back for a touchdown that wound mm-hmm. up being the difference in the Washington game. I had him as the surprise player of the year because – let me let me tell you something if -hmm. you go back in the history of the mr irrelevant players the last guys taking in each draft jim finn who was out of bergen catholic here in new jersey and wound up going to the colts and then became tiki Barber's fullback he was probably the most accomplished mr irrelevant since they started naming that player and tay crowder Boy, I'll tell you, that's a heck of a start for his career. He he may wind up being right up there next to Finn in terms of a guy who was expected to do virtually nothing and became a very
1: important player. Yeah, I think that I think you hit the nail on the head when when you talk about um, what was the what was the term? The most, I called him the most, surprise of okay, the year. Okay, surprise. So a surprise of the year to me, and though in that term, um, I like. You know, I think that. Darnay Holmes was not a surprise to me. He played well, but he was a high draft pick. So you're expecting him to play well, right? So I think uh, Mr. Irrelevant, a seventh-round draft pick, you're not expecting to see much of him other than on special teams. So I would agree with you there. I'm trying to figure out if there's anybody on offense that really surprised me the way he did. Maybe Matt Parrott, maybe a little bit, but he, he didn't play enough for him to, uh, to earn that award. So I, I would say that Crowder would probably be in that category. Um, uh, I Coughlin, suppose if
0: you wanted to, you could Coughlin's consider Gates. Coughlin's another guy that,
1: that played right? extremely well uh, towards the end of the season and a guy that really has, has made a name for himself. Both those guys, have, they crawled up, and we talked about special teams and how the special teams at the end of the season kind of got a little bit worse and worse. But, you know, these are two guys that worked their way up the ladder to became guys that were starting games for the Giants and played a lot of snaps yeah. on defense. So. Uh, Between those two, those would be the two guys that I would probably put in there. Um, And I agree with you with the Crowder. I will go with that. I
0: I went with Gates as my unsung hero. I did not want to leave him off my awards Mm -hmm. list, but I didn't give him one of the others. I simply made him the unsung hero on the team. I think you could also, to be honest with you, you could also put Tomlinson in that category. I know he gets a lot of accolades. But those defensive tackles don't put up a whole lot of stats, and they do so much dirty work. Uh, It was hard for me, but I went with Gates as my unsung hero of the season.
1: My unsung hero is because we didn't talk about him ever, but he just kept showing up on Sunday and banging football through the goalposts that nobody realized because he was so good. Okay, And with an offense that couldn't score jack. OK, you got Graham Gano who hits 30 field goals in a row and you don't really under you just don't really kind of he's a guy that's just scoring points left and right. So he's okay. my unsung hero.
0: I, I, that's all right. You see, I one of my I, I again, it's a stupid rule, but I decided to make all <laughs> it's these your crazy own rule, categories. <laughs> well, it is. And, and I said, I'm not going to duplicate anybody. Yeah. You know, so no, I, I, get it. I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't do that. Uh, and then the other, na- the other name that came up during my conversation with Lance and John the other day was Logan Ryan, and, like, what would you do with him? And uh, the award that I had for him was he was the X factor of the season. Yeah, I would, my award for him
1: would be Mr. Consistency. I, I figure, like, day in and day out. Or like Graham Godot could be that guy too, but, but I think he was a guy that you could count on, that game in and game out, a guy that's going to be prepared every single snap in every game. Um, and just he just showed up every Sunday, you know, and uh, I, I think he was so consistent. I, I would go with him as that that would be my label for him would be Mr. Consistency.
0: All right, and then the only other one that I had, and it's a name that's been mentioned many times before in other areas, but again, I wanted to award him something, and it was the Step Up Award, and I gave that to Wayne Goldman because I thought he really stepped up this year.
1: He stepped up uh, for a guy that, you know, And it's something we haven't really talked a lot about going into next season is, you know, the running back position. But, you know, he's a free agent, so uh, he stepped up. He did. He stepped up for this team. He also stepped up in showing the league that he deserves to be a running back either on this team or somewhere else. Because, you know, last year we were sitting there, where is Wayne Gallman? Uh, You know, Schirmer, he buried him on the depth chart. We don't know what happened to him. And then, you know, he comes into this season and, You know, they go out and and sign these other guys and didn't really ever give him a chance. But what did he do? He just, you know, kept practicing and kept doing what he had to do and finally got on the field. And, yeah, he stepped up for
0: himself and for the team. That's a good award for him. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by the New York Lottery. Introducing Money Dots, a new game from the New York Lottery where you play for your chance to win money on the dot. Please play responsibly. We go back to the phone lines. Don in Texas. You're on BBKL. Hello.
3: Hey, P.Dot. Hey, Jeff. It's been a Hi. while since I called, but I haven't missed an episode, gentlemen.
0: Very good. Well, thank, thank you, for, you for your interest.
3: All right. I got a quick question for you guys. Based on – first, let me start by saying I'm very pleased with the way the season turned out, the way these guys played their heart out. It looks like we got a good foundation. But based on what the other teams look like on in our division, what position group do you guys think is a must-need-filled position? Because I'm of the belief it's wide, receiver, wide receivers, but I don't believe we need one. I believe we need two, an alpha and a beta, and leave Sterling Shepard in the slot. Looking for your answer off the air, guys. Thanks.
1: All right, hmm. Don. Thank you. And, and he prefaced it with must, must need. So um, I'll let you go first, Paul. I'm going to think about this one. Well, um,
0: I wouldn't mind bringing in a second receiver to compete, but for me, what I'd love to see if it could happen is the big play wide receiver as wide receiver one, Darius Slayton as wide receiver one A, and Sterling Shepard as the slot guy. And basically, you know, for me, that's how I would like to see this thing shake down. But, you know... would I, would I be disappointed if they added two receivers? I wouldn't, but I think if Shepard's going to be your slot guy uh, and you've already got Slayton, who was 1A or 2, if you will, well, the second receiver I added is going to be receiver number four. So I'm not putting a high priority on that. Receiver number one is a high priority. Receiver number four is not a high priority for me, but I wouldn't mind throwing one in there you know, to compete with all the other fellas on the back end of the depth chart.
1: Yeah, I think you'd look at the current group. Um, Golden Tate, uh, Dante Pettis is another guy that, you know, we have to think about. Let um, him fight
0: for a job, though. He hasn't yeah. gotten, you know, any right to a position, does no, he? No,
1: I'm just mentioning the guys that we're talking about oh, okay. who or will not be back. I mean, uh, Damian Ratley was a guy that I don't know if he's going to be back. He's uh, No, he's already gone, Jeff. I know he's long he, gone I, already. I, I know he's long gone. Um. Um, will they bring him back? Probably not. Uh, Austin Mack is another guy that you got to look at. That probably you know he accomplished some for being an undrafted rookie. You know I thought he played pretty well. Um, well, you got board. You got C.J. Mack. Board is you know yeah, I, I you think got Pettis. C- yeah, but C.J. Board to me is a is a special teams guy. Um okay. And I, although he didn't make a great impact on special teams, I thought he underachieved at that position. But to have him back next season, we'll see. But uh, uh, you know, a must need is for me a must need at the wide receiver position is the number one wide receiver. Right. Um, And then I think your other two are, are consistent. You're going to get Slayton and, you, and you're going to get Shepard. Um, you know, you could have put Mr. Consistency in with Shepard. Um, yes, you know, she the, could have because that guy just he's, he's 70 balls every year, 800 yards, you know, five, six seven, touchdowns, whatever it is. It's just what he does every year. Um, so you know what you're going to get out of him, but he's not a number one. We know that, so a must-need at the wide receiver position. A must-need for the de- defense is at the corner position. This number two corner, in my opinion, is a mm-hmm. must-need. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Way, and I still think that if you can – and again, it all depends on who comes back, but to me immediately, I, I saw enough out of this defensive line – and some of the depth that's there, and I think that with Coach Spencer and how he can teach these guys and coach these guys, that I have enough confidence that this group can can, can consistently be as good as they were last year if one of those pieces, you know, Tomlinson or uh, Leo comes back, or one of the two or both. But I think the must need is to go and get that second corner because we don't know who that is.
2: Yeah, Which... guys, I, I want to chip in here for a second. But he asked this in regards to the division, right? Mm-hmm. And I, we, chilled, we talked about this earlier in the week, Jeff. Given yep. the pass rush that you mm-hmm. have with Philadelphia and Washington and even to a certain extent Dallas, even if it's not adding a player, don't you think improving on the offensive line is critical given the other teams in the division? Well, I do, about, and it, so,
1: but we could go in a different place here. Are you talking about improving, like maybe getting another high draft pick at some, some of these other positions or just maybe? That's
0: the
2: question,
1: though.
0: Yeah. How do you go um,
2: about improving?
1: Well, I think that you have, to, you have to draw a line in the sand and say, you know, do I believe that this group can can improve? Um, you know, I mean, you got Parrott, you've got Lemieux, and these guys got a lot of playing time last year. So, you know, you're going to have to have a decision on Nate Solder, what you're going to do with him if he comes back, right tackle, left tackle. I mean, I, so a lot of questions to be here. I think it's a good question. But I, I feel like the Giants, in my opinion, feel like they have a nucleus of the players they had at the, the offensive line. But I'm never, never I'm going to agree not to keep improving that offensive line, John. Now, I don't think it's through free agency. I think it's through the draft. I think you go and get – but not high. Not high this time. I think they've done enough high picking with the I'm draft. I'm with you,
0: Jeff. I wouldn't you know? mind adding depth at the interior offensive line. Sure. Because we don't know exactly how it's going to shake out with Lemieux, Hernandez, and Zeitler. I wouldn't mind there – you know, I don't think that Spencer Pulley is going to be too anxious to come back after he didn't play a snap this year. So, I, I do think they could use an offensive line swing guy for depth. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not on on board with with uh, mm-hmm. with going for any high picks on an offensive lineman at all. And I mean, that's that's always a top priority for me. But I agree with Dave Gettleman. I think they've done quite enough on that offensive line to feel really good about it. And I'm not scared of any defensive line in this division right now.
1: Well, I would be. I'm. I'm. I tell you, the the Washington Redskins defensive line is pretty
0: good. I if all the lines how, how would, they do the two times they lost to the Giants well, this year.
1: Well, my point is, is that when I look at them, how they're doing against other teams, I, I kind of like that. Yeah, uh, but the matchup against the Giants didn't
0: work out so well for them, did it? Well,
2: I like the I'm Giants just, scored a bunch of points, Paul. <laughs>
0: no, but <laughs> yeah. they they all you have to do is play. Uh, uh, when you go up against an elite unit, all you've got to do is play them even. You don't necessarily have to beat them. If you play them even, then you're going to be okay. And the Giants did what they had to do to to hold off that Washington defensive line. I'm, I'm sorry. They were well, the, they were not beaten up by them this year. The they Redskins, were not.
1: They have the best player on the defensive line in our division. That sure. kid is going to be a nightmare for years and years he to come. Be. He what could be. He could be. What do you mean he could be? He's already there. Oh, I think Leonard Williams had a better year this year than Chase Young did. I didn't say this year. I said going well, forward. All right. <laughs> all right. I mean, I, I, so I, I feel like you know, and the, the point that John's making, I understand. It's just, guys, you only have so many draft picks, right? So it's it's interesting yeah. where you're going to put them. Well, and by so, the way, I
2: wasn't advocating using a first round pick on alignment. I was just no, putting no, that okay. out there as an area where maybe they could go for some improvement. Hundred yeah. percent, I agree. Improve
0: yeah. improve the depth chart. I don't and have. Do a problem you agree, with
2: that? John? And the do you agree with with the interior rather than the exterior? Uh, I still don't know who my second offensive tackle is. Okay. After okay. I, I think
0: that Gettleman feels very good about Thomas and Parrott, and so I'm sticking with those two guys. You're and willing already, to just I'm plug Parrott back in as, as a as my starter third next tackle. year?
2: You're willing to just plug Parrott in as a starter next year? No I, questions think,
0: I think he's going to win the job. I'm not plugging him in. I think he'll win the job. Yeah, but at, what level of competition do you want for him at that spot? I'm very happy to put Fleming out there and let, let let Fleming come back and may the best man win, and whoever's the third guy, I'm good with that. Okay. What about Solder? What if he's back? I'm not counting on him, but maybe No, but that's I say what goal. if he is? What if he's back? Where does he go? No. Let him go out there and battle for a spot. I don't think necessarily he's going to hold off the two young guys.
2: Well, Paul, the interesting question about Solder, right, is that the cap savings, at least this is not official, but according to the websites that are right. out there would be $6 million, right? Right. So, would you rather have Solder for six or a different offensive tackle for whatever it would cost to bring them in?
0: Well, Fleming, Fleming does not cost that much. Well, right. But, and I assume but, he but, would but, be willing well, to come back under the same terms he was this year. I and, would assume and that was about so. three, right? I was between three and four. So, would you rather
2: have Fleming for three or four or Solder for six?
0: I would absolutely rather have Fleming. Jeff? Younger and healthier.
2: Not even um, close.
0: Well, I,
1: I, the only thing I could say there is that he's younger. That's it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want Fleming. I would take Pert over Fleming now. I would. I just. Well that wasn't it's... the question. The question was Solder or <laughs> were Fleming. I would. I would probably take the. I would take the cap savings because we're going to need it. Yeah. We're going to need money. Sure. So that that would be my that would be my argument. I would take it because of the cap
0: more than anything. Yep. All right. We got a tweet from Jay Collins. He says rather than expanding the playoff pool. I guess he doesn't want to go with the seven in each conference uh, in 2021. He says the league should institute a regulation, a relegation-type playoff for the league's bottom four teams. Winner is eligible for the playoffs the following year. The other three are not. He says this would deter tanking and keep those fans engaged. It's like soccer. You're relegated. (sighs) Right? Yeah, and you know, we're we're American football here. We're not soccer. Paul so
2: loves bringing in rules from soccer. We should have ties too, by the way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that happening. Molly Mall says I don't think Slayton is a number 1 receiver. He's more of a third option because he hasn't mastered many routes, so he this person says, he's a deep threat. Getting a one and two receiver is essential. I want receivers who can separate at the line and on top of the route. Well, I respectfully disagree with you. I think that Slayton is certainly a very strong number two and and perhaps a 1A if he's fully healthy. Remember, he was only a a young fellow last year. This year he comes back, starts to grow, but gets hurt quickly, and a receiver with a bad foot is not going to be able to put his best foot forward, if you can pardon the pun. Well, I mean so, you look at his first year and second year, that his stats were almost identical when you yeah, go back and look at Yeah, And it. and I think it's fair to say the Giants expect even more from him. Mhm. And I, I mean, think they will get more from him if he's healthy in year number three, don't you? Yeah, I do.
1: I, I, I think I also think that if the Giants can open up this offense a little bit more, um, that he will be more dynamic. Um, I just yeah. don't think they could get the ball to him
0: enough. Now I'm a big I'm a big Darius Slayton fan, so you know, again, if, if there's a wide receiver one followed by Slayton and Shepard as my top three, I'm really happy. And if they want to bring in competition at number four, that's fine with me, and that's, that's the way I'm going to keep it. Real quick, On Slayton, I
1: think he would be a, a solid, deep threat guy to complement your new number one. That, to me, would probably, in my opinion, would, would, would work. Um, he's not a number one. Um, but he's he's still gonna he's gonna be one of your three consistently with the way that you know teams play the three wide out positions nowadays anyways you need three yep. of them right so yep. um and there's no question that everybody agrees that that there's, there's not a number 1 on this team and that this is a priority then it's gonna happen they're gonna go get it you heard dave gellman we need playmakers they're you're gonna, gonna get, get one, one.
0: they're yeah. definitely going to get one that's right all right Jeff, it's exciting
1: it's exciting. I mean, but I, I know we got to go. But real quickly, what John said, we don't know. Just like last year when we started talking about edge, you know. who we, Well, until this tag comes out, we might as well not talk about this because we're going to get all excited about guys. <laughs> I know. <and> then,
0: <laughs> I know.
1: You know what I'm saying? So let's let's table that for a while until we get the uh, until we get the tag designations, and then we can you know salivate over the rest of them.
0: All right. Good idea, Jeff. Thank you,
1: Paul. Thanks, Thanks you.
0: We'll talk to you again soon. Everybody, we appreciate your time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by New York Lottery. Get out there and play. As a reminder, you can find an archive of this show in our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. For Jeff Fiegels, I'm Paul Dottino. We'll talk to you next time, everybody.